What's up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of Becoming the 1% Podcast. My awesome guest today is Jimmy House. He is the founder of Team House Strong. He is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Together, we talk about a variety of different options of training. We talk about rehab from injury, specifically knees. We talk about professional wrestling and his recent move to Austin and what it comes with. Enjoy the episode. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. Glad to be back in the new studio. Dude, it's been crazy. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you for having me, both yeah. of you guys. No, it's our pleasure, bro. It was an easy choice. And it's funny because you were the last one in the last setup that we had, right. which was in the gym. Mm -hmm. And for those who I think our audience has probably shifted quite dramatically since our last conversation, uh -huh. we used to do the podcast in the gym and we would set everything up, which took about an hour, and then take it all down, which I took remember about that. an hour. Yeah. It was a nightmare, dude. It was the worst. I'm so happy we got out of that. Oh, by the way, I come bearing gifts. Oh, thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you <laughs> protein bars and candy thank you merry so christmas much. buddy thank you merry christmas to you guys I yeah so this that. is this won't air for probably what a couple weeks yeah this one will be probably like the first of the year actually so okay. perfect um perfect. if there's any new year's resolutions let's hear it I put you guys on the spot do you do any new year's resolutions do you no, have anything but i would like to enter the new year with a working leg that that's my new year resolution for sure we gotta talk about that <laughs> yeah. so what what did you do yeah, so I was training with one of my good friends, Austin, a couple of weeks ago. He was getting ready for Nogi Worlds, and just basically we're doing takedowns on the feet. And honestly, I I don't know. It's a superstition thing now, but every single time someone has announced, like, all right, last round, like, yeah, last round. Like, not knock on wood. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you said not to do that. Knock on wood. It's, like, guaranteed something happens. Like, the last two times I popped my knee, it's when they're like, all right, one more round. Like, yeah, let's do it. And then, like, poof. But yeah, he went in for a, like what's called an outside trip where he comes in and tries. You got you're familiar. He comes in and try to basically uh, trip my ankle on the yeah. ground. Uh, he missed, came into my knee, and then we both went down. You have the video of this. I do. Yeah. Can you send it to Eli to show to show to the screen. It's not bad, bro. But it it, it it'll show what happened. Okay, so we're back. Perfect. Okay, so Jimmy sent me this video. It hasn't come yet, so maybe not three, two, one. Did you take? Okay, I send it. Okay, cool. Okay, so let's see if we can. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so do you see it, Eli? Oh, hang on, hang on. We'll, we'll do it again. Are you ready? Well, you may may or may not want to. Boom! Play right the, there is the audio that goes with it. If you oh. it does, it have audio? It, it does. It's very uh, explicit. Oh. Mm. I don't know if audio will go through the mirror, but you can. Oh! <laughs> okay, so what is it? It's MCL. I think so. We had the MRI Thursday. It hasn't come back yet. Um, I I'm off, Eli. The majority, the majority of my restriction and pain is in. On the inside. The on the inside. Yeah. And I was just telling Brandon earlier, it's just kind of one of those unfortunate things that just kind of come with the sport. It's not very often, but it is a possibility. And, you know, Austin and I are just such good friends, and he felt so bad about it afterwards. And, you know, it, it's super unfortunate because I was in a position not mm -hmm. too long ago where I actually accidentally tore my best friend's ACL um, during, during a takedown sequence as well. Okay. And it's just, you know, unavoidable sometimes. Just a freak accident. Is it? Because I had, I had, the only time I've ever had anything knee related, again, mm -hmm. knock on wood, I've had really good history with my knees, was in a very, very intoxicated mm -hmm. amateur <laughs> jujitsu backyard <laughs> wrestling. I tore my LCL oh, like really? three quarters of the way. Wow. Okay. Are knees just magnets for jujitsu injuries? Is that just a really common place for that kind of thing to happen? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because the takedown sequences that happen, obviously there's a lot of, in order to gain leverage on some of these legs, realistically, if you're taking them down by the legs, usually the knees or the ankles are going to be where you're grabbing or trying to manipulate. And 
in this particular case, flinging your entire body towards somebody's leg and accidentally landing on my knee, that's kind of, you know, a no brainer. So it just isn't, it's unfortunate for sure, but I've learned a lot through the process. And I think it it gives me an opportunity to kind of practice what I preach in a lot of ways in Mm -hmm. regards to training and being able to regress movements and progress them forward again and stuff like that. So luckily to your point, I don't have any knee issues. I I generally think my knees are very healthy and very, uh, you know, functional, but in this particular case, things happen. So make the most out of it. I do think that a lot of the work that I put in prior in regards to knee bulletproofing and whatnot set me up for a better outcome. If there was one in this particular case, you know, with some of the things in regards to when I tore my best friend's ACL, I shot in on a double leg and literally just his foot got caught in the mat and I pulled with my hand Mm -hmm. and then that's when everything blew. So in this case, like to me much worse, but he wasn't able to walk on it afterwards. Like he immediately collapsed. I actually was able to walk up my stairs by myself until I got stiff. Yeah. So I'm hoping that's a generally good sign. Um, maybe a partial tear in there and nothing fully torn. I'm, you're you're waiting on your MRI, MRI results yeah. today. Is that what? I'm hoping so. I, yeah. Like it's been a while. Yeah. So. <laughs> let us let <laughs> us know. know what happens because I'm curious. We'll do. What do you as far as I want to talk about what you're going to do now? But mm-hmm. as far as prehab and what you do you mentioned bulletproofing knees Mm -hmm. what do you do to minimize injury for that site and i say minimize because anyone involved in high intense activities like jujitsu like snowboarding anything like that you're almost never guaranteed elimination of injury it's just about it's almost guaranteed that it will happen Mm -hmm. in some form or another but doing certain things can minimize the outcome when those injuries happen what what do you see as that yeah so it basically comes out to mitigating the the potential outcome of the injury like are you fully blown through and you can't stand up afterwards or are you able to at least pull yourself off and i think that's like and in past if i've had a knee pop it's been something where like i was freaked out that it would be worse and then like in three to four days i was back to full flexion again so Mm -hmm. i think it helps speed up recovery because your body has a very high reference to try to meet and match again Mm -hmm. and then in regards to just strengthening the joints and ligaments through a lot of those movements that we'll get into i think there is some justice to be served in that department which we talked about this last time the the argument between you know full range of motion and 90 degree training and trying mm-hmm. to find a middle ground between the two i think in regards to jujitsu it is very beneficial to train full range of motion and in, in majority of movements especially if you don't have any prior training just because of the fact that the positions that you get into are so unpredictable as mm-hmm. you see you know if yeah I mean, if that that's a perfect that, right. that couldn't be a per- better example you're in Even, so much flexion there that so, you i mean it literally uh-huh. tore but if you actually, if you go back to the video, the main thing that I referenced there when I look at it is the the hip mobility that I've gained in recent months, being able to basically be in a very extreme hurdler stretch. Yeah. And when he, when we come down at the very end, when we land on the ground, that's where my knee popped. But let's say had I not had the hip mobility to even land like that, my knee would have taken the impact much sooner. If you can kind of see what I'm talking about. Yes. Like, yeah. So if I right didn't have the, there, mm-hmm. like, so right. I, yeah. If I didn't have the mobility to get my leg out that far, my knee would have taken the pressure much sooner, which could have been a complete blow through and, you know, whatever. You comes may, I mean, worst case scenario, you might have been looking at a replacement. I mean, yes. you could have had to do cadaver. That's what they told me the next thing was. They're like, yeah, you tore your LCL almost all the way. If you tear this all the way, you yeah. have to do a cadaver. And that's like a, that's like a year yeah, rehab and recovery. Yeah, terrible. So my my I guess my last point in regards to this for anyone listening is – You know, the training, there's nothing that's going to 100% keep away injury, but there's ways to control how serious it is. So Mm -hmm. in that case, 
adding mobility may not directly make the joint or the ligament stronger, but it may give you like an extra half or a second to react to move your body in such a way that naturally takes a little bit less pressure off the joint when put in that that bad position. And to me, that's kind of what happened in that case. Just I was able to buy myself an extra second to yeah. where the, the impact came like right at the very end versus like right in the middle. And you know, I'm able to walk into the podcast room as opposed to being wheelchair. <laughs> Wheeled in, in so, yeah. touching in, yeah. yeah, making the problematic area a little bit less problematic. Mm. So you mentioned that doing mobility doesn't actually affect the strength of the ligaments or the muscles, but what would you say does? So maybe that's, maybe that's not hundred percent how, how I meant it. I, I think there's definitely correlation as far as like how it can and strengthen through length of joints and ligaments and everything like that. Um, I, I necessarily wouldn't equate doing like splits or being able to do specific stretches as to like having strong joints per se. Mm -hmm. But in this particular case, even if the joint joint wasn't as strong as the surrounding muscles, if you're able to be mobile enough to get into a funky position, the joint takes the pressure in that particular case, mm -hmm. like last versus like the, the, the muscles, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it does make sense. So would you say that when you do mobility training, do you target one area more than others specific to your activities? I would, I try to be as, as evenly as I can, which then means I assess the areas that I feel like I'm already very mobile in. Mm -hmm more so maintenance those and then maybe hyper focus on the areas that I feel like I'm really lagging in which prior to that incident is generally like hips uh adductors abductors I just for so long when I was deep into the shoulders, power lifting world, knees yeah the shoulders yeah. have come a long way mm -hmm. I feel pretty confident in my shoulders the, the hips honestly are my weakest point yeah and thankfully I it that's got common yeah. Hips are probably the worst, I would say, of most, at least of, of the people I see. Hips are the most immobile. Right. Knees, I think, oftentimes struggle with strength, mm -hmm. less than mobility. Mm -hmm. Most people have, I think, decent, because right. it's only flexion and extension. Yeah. It's not like it's a whole range mm -hmm. of motion they can mm -hmm. do. But hips mm -hmm. are almost always locked yeah. in some way. For me, coming from powerlifting, just basically hyper-focusing on squats and deadlifts and bench and, mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily focusing on the muscles that keep all everything together or or make those movements just long-term as yeah. opposed to in the moment. So for me, I noticed how much I actually neglected it when I started changing my training style to that. Just hips are extremely tight. And I, and I found where just having those tight hits led to problems elsewhere. You know, hips are like in the center of the body for the most part. So it causes problems running up, as you know, and running down and running down. Yeah. Yeah. So hundred mm percent. -hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's what separates. We, I know we talked about this in the last episode and we made mm -hmm. a very important point that we didn't want to repeat all the same right. topics from last time. So <laughs> I even went back and rewatched it. But one thing that we talked about that I think is very applicable to this is creating the idea of the well-rounded athlete, mm -hmm. the, what is like the perfect human male or female like what where's the mm. balance between you know you have a background in powerlifting now you're doing jujitsu you've got to you got to keep some of those movements from powerlifting mm. the strength training aspect but then you got to add the mobility yeah where would you say that balance falls for jujitsu would you say most people need to add strength or need to add mobility if they were to come into it I would assume that most people that are getting into jujitsu probably have some form of strength training, even if it's just being like a hobbyist fitness enthusiast mm -hmm. at the gym. So for the most part, that generally means you either don't know how to add mobility or you just haven't focused on it because mobility isn't the 
sexy or aesthetically pleasing to the eye so you're mostly just working on your your mirror muscles for the right. most part so like, i usually find that's where most people are lagging like being unable to <clears throat> bend in a certain way or having certain submissions get tighter faster than normal you know a, a lot of times people come in and there's body awareness that's a component obviously but like if you ask them to get in a specific position they just physically can't mm -hmm. after a while of doing jujitsu they eventually get there but yeah the mobility is definitely something that and you can then argue that working on your mobility then also works on your strength at the same time if done properly and progressed properly sure um getting into the last conversation without doing into it too much i just think to that point the perfect athlete for jujitsu is doing a decent amount of full range movements, 90 degree movements, isometric movements, like mm -hmm. just having a little bit of everything because in jujitsu, if you do, if you were to watch a high level match, you're going to see a little bit of everything in regards to like a 90 degree angle generating power from that position, whether it be a takedown or whatever, you know, being in full, full flexion or extension in, in a given submission or a given type of guard or in isometrics, just like, let's say I take somebody's back and I'm trying to hold this or do a choke. That's, you know, isometrics to, yeah. to a T. So, so it's it's important to have a little bit of everything yeah have you found on the topic specifically of the injury you're dealing with mm -hmm. a ligament strength mm -hmm. have you found that there are any any supplements that specifically can target and benefit the ligaments of the body is i i, mm -hmm. I read somewhere that collagen supplements have a direct correlation to that have you done any research into that or, or looked at that at all so that's where i just started dating my girlfriend when i had the podcast last time that's where yeah. she actually has a lot of expertise in supplements and nutrition and stuff she's helped me with uh, a few few basic supplements that i think help you know at least like it can't hurt so mm -hmm. i've just done your basic um, glucosamine chondroitin and the, the collagen is something that i was going to ask her about to look into just after working over the weekend with one of my friends flex lewis's brother luke lewis he's a okay. strength and conditioning coach he's just talking about how certain exercises help promote like collagen to the muscle and how to just kind of restable it and stuff like that the joint rather nice um so that's something i want to look into i can't give you a direct answer yeah. other than that you're just i can't say that i do anything more than just Glucosamine and chondroitin and uh, omega three. There's there's like beetroot that she fatty has me try, and, uh, yeah. fatty acids and stuff like that. So those are like the basics of what I do for yeah. the most part. I mean, everyone knows protein supplements help with protein synthesis. Is there any type of protein that you do take protein post workout? Is there anything that you prefer over another? What what exactly is your regimen following training? I honestly am not as good about being on like powdered protein as I sh as far as like developing a habit yeah if i do use protein it's going to be fueled josh you had him on the show yeah yeah i like there's a lot of great tasting and and they have josh is doing good mm -hmm. how's he doing i good. see you guys good. on sparring yeah. together yeah. all the time yeah yeah good he's doing great yeah awesome. he helps me with wrestling a lot obviously we have the powerhouse pre-workout we're working on now yep. and stuff like that so but for the most part and that's where she Lawson, my girlfriend, came into play. She she's just helped me, I guess, explore wider boundaries in regards to eating very whole foods, but actually liking it enough to stay consistent with it. So, but I've switched to a lot of ground beef and steak, and I I've kept the turkey in for the most part, not a whole sure. lot of chicken. Um, but for the and and a lot of eggs. I've actually to uh, Andrew, you had him on the show. Yeah, I see his stories about eating eating twelve eggs a day or something like that. I uh -huh. usually find myself eating about eight. So I'll just nice whatever meals that she meal preps for me. I'll throw in like four eggs in, in that meal and just add it as a source of extra fat and protein. But I, I tell you, I just started doing raw living food uh, meal prep mm -hmm. delivery, and it has changed 
everything for really me. not even i mean the food is outstanding because they're they're local to arizona mm-hmm. which i know you're oh, moving okay, we cool. got to talk about that yeah. in a second too but they do everything i feel like half the problem more than half the problem i would say probably 70 to 80 percent of the problem with people's meal plans is to what you just said they can't follow them they're not consistent mm-hmm. maybe they have maybe they even have the determination to do it just the time to actually execute it mm-hmm. is where they fall short. Yeah. And I think that's also a big reason why supplements, which I as a whole am not a huge fan of supplements mm-hmm. just beginning and end. Mm-hmm. I like food, real mm-hmm. food over supplements every time. But I think supplements have a big appeal because they're quick. Yeah. Because they're fast right. and they're convenient. Real food. And that's why being partnered up with this raw living food has, has changed my life personally mm-hmm. in a way. It, I was probably spending anywhere from three to three and a half hours a day. Cooking, cleaning, wow. prepping, and yeah. eating. I mean, that was sincere about each day. I, I mm-hmm. clocked it toward the end of that mm-hmm. and realizing how much more time I have now. Right. They do every meal I have, every meal I want. They put it in a container. Okay. They give it to me. It's like 12 to 14 bucks a meal. Nice. So, A, I don't really think you're saving that much money when you don't go around mm-hmm. like that. I mean, if you go to the grocery store, or certainly if you eat out, you're going to spend more. Yeah. But it's the time. Mm-hmm. The time it takes you to cook and prep and eat is a huge chunk of your afternoon. Totally. It just is. Yeah. So, I think... Getting involved with a company like that mm-hmm. for someone like yourself mm-hmm. would be a total hack. It, it will, I'm sure it'll impact you the same way it impacts me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I know, I know, I know Josh has his raw meat company and stuff like that. Uh, I, I kind of just basically pay my girlfriend to buy, buy the meals and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, she, she's very creative with the recipes and everything. So yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to mention, mention that to her. Yeah. Sure. It's just a total, total hack for the day. It just, it just adds time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where a lot of people just can't do it because they don't have it. They don't right. have the time and it yeah. just helps me with everything. Right. So you're out of here, man. You're leaving AZ. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Right on that. As, as far as this is decent, March is going to be the plan to take a trip to Austin, Texas and stay Whoa. there for a couple of years at least for sure. Yeah. Okay. Why Austin? A lot of things going on there. So we may have talked about it on the last podcast, but I do still have my WWE aspirations that I'm pursuing. Uh, with that said, my one of my good friends, Goldberg, who's a WWE Hall of Famer, lives oh, yeah. about 90 minutes away in Texas. And I want to continue building a friendship with him. The last time I was out there, he gave me the blessing of being able to actually train his son, who's a junior in high school, playing That's football awesome. and everything. So that was a great experience. And just, just being around people like him. And then there's, you know, uh, the pro wrestling training center I have here is amazing. Coach Don Vitale, but he's recommended me a, a few good places out there to help, to help further uh, expedite that process. You know. And then along with that, just you may or may not know, but jujitsu is like the Mecca now in, in Austin, yeah. like the two or three best teams. Well, in Rogan the world. is in Austin. Oh, there you right? go. Yeah. See, yeah. yeah. Joe Rogan's in Austin. Yeah. So he has like Gordon Ryan on there and everything. And, and my plan is to earn the opportunity to train with them. Them, Gordon Ryan's team and John Danaher and everything like that. Wow. I did get the opportunity to train with them. The last time I was there, I had I had Gordon had sent me an invite as well as my friend Mike to, to come in and that was that was an amazing experience. So leaving that one, I was like, you know, pursue pro wrestling, pursue other things. But I definitely, as much as I've invested into jujitsu, especially uh-huh. with this guy, I want to be able to say that I trained with the best in the world and and hopefully be able to compete and sh- and show for it. That's yeah. that's the other thing. And then just as an entrepreneur or a business owner, or, you know, I'm, I'm going to be launching a online coaching business here soon with, with, uh, my friends. <laughs> that's awesome. So it's us too. Oh, that's awesome. Same, yeah. same thing. Yeah. There you go. So now over there, 
and the fields that I'm in, the potential for growth is the ceiling is just much much higher realistically for the things really? that I do. That's for online was, coaching? Uh, not necessarily online coaching, but but being around people to help continue to grow myself sure. as far as like my notoriety or my likeness, and then using that to leverage an online coaching business. Yeah, you know, and that's not my main reason for moving out there. It's more so just a byproduct of everything else going on. But that's well, Austin that's, is is great from what I've heard. I've only yeah, been once, it. but I, I, it's been years. You spent a fair amount of time. Remind me, where was TCU in relation to Austin? Yeah, so I was in Fort Worth. I was actually mm. like a few hours from Austin. That's like da- Dallas yep. kind of-ish, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I made the mistake of actually never going to Austin mm. all oh, four so you've years. never been? Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I made that mistake. We we might have to make a trip out there. There's oh, a I'm lot of people out there. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, not just Rogan. Lot. There's there's a lot um, of big Le- podcasters. Lex Friedman, Lex yeah. Friedman's out there. I'm not sure who else. I'm sure there's tons of other people. I know Dude Perfect is uh in Dallas. I don't actually know. Maybe yeah. I do. You don't know who Dude Perfect is? Uh, maybe. You know who Dude Perfect is? I know is? I've heard of it. I don't, I do you have his Instagram? Can you show us it? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up. But, but, okay, so you've got this move. You've got this expansion into online coaching. Mm-hmm. They're happening at the same time? Relatively? Just about, yeah. So I, I'm like, Josh is actually helping me set that up between all the things I need to know on the business side of things. So that he's very helpful in that department. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's honestly, if I'm being straightforward, that's like the thing that's kept me from doing it for the longest time, just not wanting to uh, deal with the hassle. But it's yeah. now it's it's a position where I'm glad I'm moving because it pushes me to do this mm-hmm. to, stop, to stop avoiding it, just call myself out on it and move forward. Interesting. So it forces you to do online coaching it forces, by moving. I've always wanted to do it because mm-hmm. I've always thought that i could do it successfully but it's just as far as getting it all set up and getting the legalities figured oh, out yeah i recognize him sorry oh, yeah. i'm just oh, yeah. No problem. yeah yeah i recognize oh, yeah. him yeah yeah wow good wow. for him Quite a bit of- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good for him yeah they make a lot of videos at tcu actually oh so. nice oh sick damn that's a lot so you've got the push in what way does the move correlate to the online coaching uh just because i'm gonna obviously need a uh more a consistent source of income out here i have my in-person clients and everything but so are you no longer doing in-person trainings I, I am. I'm slowly migrating out of it, basically, to where like I'm starting to develop my own clientele for online coaching here in Arizona. So sure. I have a decent handful and then start trying to really boom it and market it once we go out there. So, sure. yeah. Yeah. We're along a almost identical path oh, aside awesome. from the move. Obviously, I can in no way, shape and form ever move. Right. But yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> but the online training aspect for guys like us, because mm-hmm. I, you know, we've been in-person trainers for about the same amount of time, I think. And mm-hmm. when you get not, I wouldn't say I hate the word comfortable, but when you get comfortable doing what you like and what you love, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's the other reason why I, I was always a little hesitant to branch into this mm-hmm. because I love in-person. That's where I think I thrive. That's my favorite is yeah, working I with do. You. I do. I agree. I agree. And I go, I didn't want to do it until I knew that I could do it really well mm-hmm. because I feel like too many people just jump into it. Too many coaches go from in person to online just by just deciding to do it. They're mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'll just throw some money against the wall and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And usually they get it if they're a decent name, if they've got a good in person presence, mm-hmm. they'll have a nice ROI. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to get some in person yeah. and online coaches to go together. Mm-hmm. But it really was with the interaction of our third, uh, of our podcast co-host who can't be here jake mm-hmm. he is going to kind of spearhead and run online training on our end oh, cool. and so having someone else like that to come in and help that's where i kind of made the decision i'm like okay you know what yeah all right we can now do this yeah. successfully and totally. properly because you don't ever want to just sort of do it just for the money i never yeah. like doing anything like that mm-hmm. and that's the problem with online coaching is there's a lot of money to be made yeah there's totally. a lot there's no ceiling you I've- can 
I've heard about a few things, especially where you start to flirt with the line of maintaining moral and ethics and everything like that with, with a lot of people out there, you know? So, uh, yeah, keep following those nine ancestral tenants, man. See, you see where that takes you. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> That's the topic. You imagine that just being like the standard of what never to do. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Wow. It's like, well, we're not doing that. All right, we're okay. We're just not gonna go that right. It's yeah, that's 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 the standard of exactly what never to go or be. Yeah, I've been keeping up with some of the videos that's come out since the you know the exposure. So yeah, has he been on anyone? Has anyone had him like back on? I mean, podcasts that they have. I so there's a theory I I heard Ensima say it is his 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 theory is basically he he almost he basically let it slip out on purpose, on purpose. just because like everyone's talking about it and, and he's i've seen people bring him on to sure. essentially say his piece on it and you know very big youtube channels and everything and i haven't kept up with his followers but i have to assume he's at least gained something from it if, if not just general exposure yeah which is a sad reality yeah. i told you that same thing i mean i don't think this will actually negatively affect anything that they're doing over mm -hmm. there i mean if only thing or if anything he's getting so much recognition with joe rogan just yeah. mentioning who the right. king is he's uh -huh. he's blown up since this yeah. Like, mention him but i know rogan's pretty adamant about wanting nothing to do with him mm -hmm. rogan's right. rogan said he'll never have him on he's which ironically still helps him out yeah, yeah i know exactly. Exactly. i'll yeah. never have that who is he yeah, oh okay yeah, well, let me go let me go look this guy up he'll never have him on yeah seriously <laughs> yeah but i mean if you go on youtube and you type in liver king there's every single channel has him i mean even we did a podcast with uh brandon copeland mm -hmm. And one of the topics was the liver king. That's a YouTube video. I mean, everyone yeah. and their mother is talking about the liver right, king. Right. I mean, that's because yes. Huge. And so what I've seen is like YouTubers are using the liver king to, to leverage their channels too because they they know it's going to bring traffic. I saw Larry Wills do it and a few other people. Just just we're doing it my, right now. <laughs> my opinion, like yeah, <laughs> right. My opinion of the liver king and just yeah. whatever views that brings and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. An interesting world. It, it's it's it really goes to the. It really goes to the topic of there's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah. I've never really held to that as closely as a lot of other people do. I mean, you look at, okay, here's a great example. Um, now, I'm going to butcher this because I don't know fashion. You will. Is it Balenciaga? Yeah. Bal okay. Yeah. Balenciaga. You saw that, right? You follow that story at all? I haven't. No, actually. You haven't? No. Great. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Okay. So Balenciaga released. Can you pull this up? Yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to think because I mean it is a little touchy, so be sure to be careful of like how you bring it up. Yeah, but. I'll just I'll just talk about what they did. He can he really needs to pull this up so you see what it was. Balenciaga okay. for I, I don't know if you're like me, you seem a little bit more fashionable than I do, okay. but <laughs> Balenciaga is that is a big like like Gucci or Prada. Am I right? They're like Gucci Prada, like that right. status right. of and what they did. <clears throat> oh, interesting. They released a ad campaign featuring young. Young, young yeah. children in not this isn't showing it. Maybe he can't find it. They might have taken it down. Uh -huh. I mean, some of that is actually it. Okay, so that that shows some of it. Okay, that's a good picture right there. So they picture they pictured young children in bondage outfits, like sex yeah. bondage outfits, and then they included documents. And that document right there, if I'm remembering correctly, is a court case that pertained to pedophilia. Really? So. The argument, you know, is there such thing as bad publicity? The outrage over that yeah. has had them there. People are like filming Balenciaga stores. There's no one in it. Their, Scott, their stocks took a dip like nobody's uh -huh. business. Uh -huh. But the argument is being made, well, okay, is this strategic? They had to know that by doing this, yeah. by basically, you know, promoting pedophilia, yeah. that the outrage from the public would be insurmountable. Yeah. But in the long run... 
will that help them? Will yeah. people, because people like me, I didn't even know the name Balenciaga. I was like, what's that? Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, it's like Prada or Gucci or one of those. So right. now I know who they are. Uh-huh. What kind of a company are you? Are you moral or not? I don't know. Yeah. But is it a good marketing strategy to villainize yourself on purpose? Did they have a, a reason per se as to why they thought that that was it? They, they kind of shifted the blame towards the artist. They were like, oh, they did this photo shoot without our knowledge and everything. It's huh. like, well, no. Yeah. Like, is you, that ha- you really had what to they know. said? I'm pretty sure they shifted the blame to the actual artist who was, like, taking the photos and doing the whole marketing campaign. That's mm. That was their goal, was to shift the blame. Mm. I mean, I'm not a scientist yeah. or anything, but <laughs> they had to proofread it before it went out, no? Oh, 100%. I mean, I yeah, mean, it's, yeah, it's I BS. Mean, yeah, you figure if a company is that big, they're smart enough to probably do something that simple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's going on the front page yeah. of everything they put out. And to your point, that's I mean that they they probably exactly like know what they're doing, and that's why the liver came thing. It's like oh, an email got leaked. It's like is it really that simple? That's that's what I thought. Is it really that simple? Like you know, if he was really trying to just stay away from the topic of PEDs, like an email just slips. I don't I don't know. That, I was a little bit a little bit skeptical on it. Go ahead. I mean, well, I was going to mention, I mean, there's a lot of bad actors in every single space. To me, the Liver King, what he's promoting is not necessarily like the most evil thing. Like, There's mm-hmm. people that are promoting like really crappy yeah. things. Like that child, are, like, bad sex, yeah. promotion. Yeah. It, 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 exactly. I mean, what comes to mind, I actually watched like a full like documentary, kind of like the Liver King, but it's exposing. Do you guys, are you familiar with V Shred? That Finn is an influencer. Do you guys know who that is? I don't think so. Is he the guy with all the tattoos? Yes. And he's he's pretty shredded. Yeah, he's he lean. Has, yeah, he has ads everywhere. Uh, apparently, there's like a huge scandal where he's actually like a – he's a male model and there's like a whole marketing campaign about him. But all he's doing is like copying what other influencers do when it comes to like mm. their workouts and everything. And he like is not – smart about it at all he's a cookie cut he does online training i know who he is yeah yeah that's his big people are people came after him for two reasons i think they said he photoshopped himself and they said that he was he, he was he was basically just selling cookie cutter programs over and over and over yeah. again which but i don't i don't see that as but no, i don't see that as that's his thing i mean mm-hmm. yeah, no, no, fine no, but but a lot of the movements that he was doing he was trying to create his own type of movements and a lot of them were unsafe and like weren't actually doing what he claimed to have yeah. them do so that that was like the whole point yeah. like you were promoting these unsafe movements trying to basically get like fame i mean uh, but I mean, there's an argument to be made there is I, I i still see it as a little bit behind that's uh, to me that's a little bit behind liver king and certainly behind balenciaga i, I mean promoting unsafe movements i mean you could mm-hmm. yeah. you could probably come up with five people right now that are doing that and we're like oh yeah that's a bad idea you shouldn't do that movement but yeah, That's I mean, just how you just how you word a post, you could also argue that you. I, I mean, you could also argue that I've promoted unsafe movements and so many things that can <laughs> come in and do the weight or Someone whatever could. I'm doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah and I, I always try to put that in posts, like make sure that you regress this and start here and blah 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 and everything. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, you did. A, I saw you do a goblet squat once with like a 150 pound dumbbell or something, mm-hmm. just like a to a normal person. Right, they can't <laughs> just do. You can't yeah. just like copy that. That's an unsafe practice right. for somebody yeah. to do. Yeah, but it, it yeah. I, I don't see that as the same thing. I think there is – you can promote things that are perhaps controversial, mm-hmm. but I think that's big. That's a big difference than directly making yourself the villain on yeah. purpose. Like it, yeah, totally. Like Balenciaga or the Liver mm-hmm. King. I mean that's – Two very different things though. Come on. Very different. Come very, on. The worst <laughs> – <the worst, laughs> What one is he lied about taking steroids. The other is – You're right. 
Yeah, he, what it is. But it wasn't just that he... That's what everyone says. It's not just that he lied about doing PEDs. He lied about doing PEDs while promoting a supplement. I mean, if he's not right now being sued by so many people for false advertising. I just don't know how anyone That is interesting. I haven't thought about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not just that he said he was clean. He's saying he's clean while saying that you're an idiot for not taking his supplements mm -hmm. that made him look that way. Yeah. And he did that dozens of times. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where it gets kind of mm -hmm. you know, if he had just never answered the question, then I don't think anybody really yeah. would have cared. Yeah. But it does say something to the ethics of of the industry and I think that's why most of the outrage over it did come from most of the real professionals in the yeah. industry i mean yeah. i don't know anybody who not mark bell not yeah. i mean i don't know anybody who's still like oh yeah he's great yeah most people yeah. are like yeah he's kind of a he's a charlatan like i assume you watched the the derek's video on it i did yeah yeah that, and i saw when they talked about it on mark bells and stuff too that's right they yeah. did have a podcast where they talked about it yeah i gotta have i gotta make sure we bring that up if Encima comes on uh, yeah and they oh, saw the awesome. joe rogan um did he go on mark bell Derek. Uh, Derek, Derek went on Mark Bell and then he went on Joe Rogan too. Yeah, and they talked about the same thing. And then from like from Mark's perspective, it's like you know people backlash at him for like believing in him when he said it, or or just I guess having a friendship with him. But then sure. you know he has to go back and say like, hey, like I believe it. And it's like it, it puts other people in an unfair position too. Sure. I believe where Mark Bell doesn't have necessarily anything to do with his lie, but now no. he has to kind of backtrack and like clear the air on his beliefs towards it and. Yeah. Yeah. So or Paul Saladino. There is that's an even closer one. Mm. I mean, have you seen any of his responses no, or anything? Uh -uh. So I mean, he came out and he distanced himself big time from that. Mm -hmm. And I think he kind of had to because he's he's the example of somebody who follows that kind of a diet and whether or not he does all the other tenants, I don't know, but he definitely was partnered up with the Liver King. And they were, if not, if it, if nothing else, they were silent partners together on a lot yeah. of those supplement lines. Mm -hmm. So now he has to come out and really kind of, you yeah, know, damn the process that the Liver yeah. King went through to mm -hmm. get to that place. And so that's that's really the only person that I kind of feel is in any way correlated with the Liver King. You know, mm -hmm. people get people get upset at Mark. Even Rogan was like, "How did Mark Bell not?" Now I'm like, yeah, "Dude, I, I mean, it's not his job to yeah. know. Like, it's yeah. not anybody's job to regulate anybody. We're all adults." Totally, totally. You're you're thousands of miles away. You met him once, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's not no, it's not Mark Bell's. It's not anybody's fault. No. Just, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I actually had a curious question mm -hmm. to change the subject a little bit. Sure. Um, I know you're still waiting on your knee results. Mm -hmm. Um do you kind of know where you're going to be heading to actually rehab your knee to get back to where you were two or three months ago or kind of what does that look like? Yeah. So knock on wood, as long as I don't, <laughs> as long as I don't need any surgical assistance, I'm, I'm pretty confident in my ability to rehab on my own. Like the, the mm -hmm. progress I've made in the last two weeks alone is, is very good. So mm -hmm. generally, again, it's basically taking the stuff that I preached before and then just doing the regressions that I've taught 70 year old women or, or people that are coming out in knee surgery themselves. So like I said before, it's like, it's an opportunity to be actually like be put in this place where versus a 10, 10 plate backwards sled pull, I'm doing backwards walks for a couple sure. weeks. You know, that, mm -hmm. that alone was a struggle, like limping and that, that eventually progressed to yesterday. Now I'm doing four forty fives again and it, and it's going up. So to me, I'm going to basically just use it as, a, as an opportunity to further push the incentive of why I believe in the things that I do mm -hmm. just because it's like you go into, you know, a physical therapy place. And it's not, not that they aren't doing anything wrong per se, but it's just, they're doing the same things that I would do on my own anyways, for the most part. So mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Physical so, therapy locations, almost always from the ones I've seen, are missing key critical components that you'll typically mm-hmm. find in a gym. And that's why I think right. the, our, the uh-huh. marriage we're making between what we have and what we're making is going to be incredibly profound for it for an exact situation like yours. Mm-hmm. You've got an injury. It's jujitsu related. It's knee. We need, to do a lot, we, need to, we need to do a lot of movements that are going to require hands-on for PT. You're going to be with a clinician. And then you need to be able to do a backward sled push. Mm-hmm. you got to be able to do it. When I go into a PT clinic, at least the ones I've seen, mm-hmm. it's by and large equipment that sort of falls short. Yeah. Of of the line of true recovery, mm-hmm. which has to be, as you know, you regress, then progress again. Mm-hmm. That progression can only go so far if you're limited to just, you know, half a dozen tables, some massage equipment, and maybe some plyo balls. And in your opinion, would you say that's done purposely just to keep people around longer? Interesting. It may be my opinion now. Mm-hmm. It just, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, just a thought. Because it just from my so from my experience of having to go to a PA just to get clear to get an MRI. Oh, that so, that process is so backwards. Maybe I don't even have to talk about it. No, please, seriously. I mean, I I, I don't know. So yeah, so, okay. I would. So, yeah, oh yeah. So, Tell them. So the first time I had a scare like this was like three or four years ago, and the inside of my knee popped. Not nearly as intense, but it popped, and I went in to to see the doctor or the PA or whoever, and basically by a touch of my knee told me that like everything was like blown. I'm like, Oh, and I, at the time I was young, I didn't have much experience on the matter. And I freaked out. I remember crying in my car, just like thinking everything was like done for the next year (laughs) and then come back this time, which with a much different perspective with, with a much more serious knee injury too, mind you. At that time it wasn't the the PA was wrong. Yeah. So, and then the MRI came back and then the guy's like, I I don't see anything here. There's nothing going on. I'm like, how? Like, like, cause I was under the impression I was about to get surgery. And you know, I remember there being a pop. So then I was confused on how there was a pop, but nothing showed up on the MRI. And so that was that I don't necessarily expect the MRI this time around to be much per or as perfect. However, this time around different perspective come in, he feels my knee basically tells me everything besides my MCL, the one area that I actually feel pain and restriction is torn through. <laughs> um, and then uh, basically just tells me rice and then move on. Which you know? is, I, I like, mean, it's like not, I think rice has gotten a really bad name because of the fact that it's been really dispelled, but I do think it has a place. So there's components, there's to components it. Yeah, to it. Yeah, that yeah, still absolutely. need to be followed. It's now everybody's like, it's like, oh, no, don't even do, don't get in an ice bath. Don't do contracts. Just get out. It's been, it, that's been debunked. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 it hasn't. No. Like, that's not your end all be all answer to your right. problem, but you shouldn't not do it at all. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, just, and you know, say mention something like that and then no recommendation of what I could be doing actively to improve it type of thing. Basically just wait for the MRI, then get yeah. the surgery and then rice and repeat again. That like that, that to me is, is, um missing things for yeah. sure but the 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 concept of rice between rice and ice or not rice rest and ice and compression and elevation like all components that could definitely help help you yeah but but the movement is there should be an m in there somewhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> rice them yeah rice them rice exactly them. there you yeah. go we'll start that off right <laughs> yeah. now someone trademark yeah. that um to your earlier point about the mri there is a huge and this is more of a medical malpractice mm-hmm. i think than anything else because I've gone through the exact same thing you're going through. Really? Several times. Oh, yeah. Knees, elbows, shoulders, ankles. I've broken or torn a bunch of stuff in my mm-hmm. time. Anytime an injury occurs, the very first and, – and, and there's this there's this protocol you have to actually go through, as you know, to actually get just the 
basic information on what's wrong with you. It's like, all right, I got to go to my doctor. Mm -hmm. Then he's got to send me to an ortho. Then the ortho has to right. get me an x-ray, which yeah. means nothing. I know. I'm, wait, I'm wait, like, wait. all right, I don't need an x-ray, man. Yeah. This is ligament. I don't need it. Like, yeah, but we need to. Let's clear it with your insurance. Get your x-ray. Uh, come back. I know. I'll look at the x-ray and we'll tell you what you already know, which is that you didn't need an x-ray. Yeah. Then we'll get you an MRI. <laughs> then you'll come back. So now, by the time all that's happened, I've been to see my ortho twice, my main guy twice, an x-ray, and I've gotten an MRI. When in reality, it should be go to my main guy or my ortho, mm -hmm. go get an MRI. Yes. There should be two visits so to figure out what's wrong with you. Verbatim exactly what, what happened on both occasions, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And I remember him feeling my leg around. And he's like pulling on it and he's like, you're, you're guarding, just relax. I'm like, I'm, I'm already aware that my knee hurts. I'm not going to let you pull on it and make it hurt more. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> you know? No, no. I, yeah. I'm, I'm very skeptical with who I let handle. Yeah, seriously. Like the first thing I, I tell him, like, look, I don't even need you to just don't even touch. Just write on your little magic pad that I need an MRI. <laughs> let me leave here uh -huh. and I'll come back to you with some information. Seriously. Can we agree to do that? Yeah, and they're seriously. like, no, we can't do I that. Know. I know. Do, do you think it's male practice or do you think it's they're kind of covering their own ass, making sure that like they check all the boxes that you can't sue them later on? Yeah, and I know that definitely has something to do with it. Um, maybe there's like a middle ground where you don't have to pull on my knees so much to where it's sore <laughs> for the next two days. You know, that's like my main argument for it. It's like, okay, like I'm telling you this hurts. Like if you want to like do your touching to say you did it, like, okay. But like, let's not like make anything worse or just, if, just waste time essentially. Mm -hmm. I think it falls more into the category of malpractice specifically talking about mm. the process to get an MRI mm. because if you look at it from a financial standpoint for the insurance companies for your doctors for all of that stuff four visits to them and two through your insurance to whatever scan lab you go to for your x-ray and MRI mm. that's a hell of a lot more money than just saying okay something's hurt here's an MRI dude an MRI takes 20 minutes yeah, and yeah. it's sitting in a tube yeah that should not first of all it should be privatized i should be able to go get an mri anytime just, i want yeah just because yeah why in the world is it, how explain to me how that is a liability for the doctor mm -hmm. for me to go and get a scan yeah to bring to you right. to say here here's what's up mm -hmm. now i understand if they were like okay i want to see you first once then i'll send you to get an mri mm -hmm. that makes sense to me it would be almost, I think, irresponsible for you to just send me without even seeing me. That's the way I would like it, but mm -hmm. I'm me. I don't really yeah. like anyone telling me anything that right. I don't already know. But the fact that it's this giant circus that yeah. you have to jump through these hoops, and everyone has to do it. No one's immune to this, unless you're like The Rock. Yeah. He has an image. You know about this? He has like a, he has his own uh, like MRI oh, machine, like ready for idea. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, he talked about <laughs> it when he uh, he was uh, he was pumping up the um he was pumping up the, the LA Lakers for one of his like motivational mm -hmm. speeches way back, mm -hmm. and he was talking about his uh, which I want to talk about this too. He was talking about his last match with John Cena where uh -huh. he popped Ooh. his adductor came off. Oh, he I ripped it entirely that. up. Yeah, the rocked it. So he basically and his. His little his sob story is like both intense but also hilarious because you're like, oh, that must be nice. Yeah. It happened to him. He's like, as soon as it happened to me, I got right into the jet. I flew home. I got right into my MRI just to figure <laughs> out. I'm like, wow, listen, yeah. listen to that answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, what a hard life. I, I got in my jet and then I got in my MRI machine. <laughs> so, but the point is for someone like that, unless you can pay half a million dollars to have your own MRI <laughs> yeah, machine, geez. you have to go through that. But that's a nice actually transition to what I wanted to ask you because of what you're going through now and what you're trying to do with your future in Austin. What would you say is a more dangerous activity, WWE or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Because 
correct me if I'm wrong, they don't have a lot of crossover with the, do they, the movements that you're doing with one and the other? Are they, there's, there's, they seem different. Yeah, there's some, it's, there's definitely a huge difference. I, just in general, moving your body, that's like the, the chain link, I think, between the two. But in regards to your question, I think realistically, the more dangerous as far as what things could go wrong more commonly would be the pro wrestling, just because it's almost counterintuitive, but you would think, uh, you would think working with somebody to keep you safe would in turn keep you more safe. But there's just the movements, as you said, are so different. Instead of like rolling on the ground or doing a takedown from see, ground level. See if you can pull up some of the most crazy WWE acrobatics. It, it, for anyone, I, I don't know anybody who doesn't, but anyone who doesn't really follow the WWE, it is like a crossover between like real Olympic wrestling and like a trapeze artist. Yes, right. Like anybody who says, and, and I, the argument, well, that's fake. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, kinda. Not really. I mean, that guy's yeah. that guy is definitely two hundred and sixty yes. pounds, and he is landing mm -hmm. on that other guy who's two hundred and forty pounds. Yes. Y you said WWE what? WWE. Uh, you you can look up. So my friend Maya, her dad Brock Lesnar, who obviously you know, he did he did a shooting star press on Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. So, so Brock Lesnar and then what, shooting star shooting press. star. Yeah, you'll see him. So basically, yeah. There you, there you go. go. What is a shooting star press? So you'll see him go for it, and he basically. This one? In, the yeah, one? the top one. Top one. Okay. Wow. That is a big man. Wait a minute. Is he going to jump on him? Ugh. Oh, my yes. God. Oh, my God. So, basically land on his face. I'm And I'm pretty sure he broke something in his neck or, or obviously something went wrong there. But, I mean, in this particular case, you're conscious enough to carry on the match. So, then you got to carry on the match because there's millions of people watching. As but he's hurt. Yeah, in this particular yeah, case, yeah, he's he hurt. he hurt something. Yeah, well, that, that look, that's like a gainer, like a yeah, jumping right. forward back foot. Uh -huh. to land. Was that the goal? Is to do jump forward back foot and, and then land, land flat on on flat the, on the guy? So yeah. he didn't rotate enough. Uh, that I think he just either he didn't jump enough or Kurt Angle wasn't close enough to like land on. You know, oh, but you see that that's I mean that is that sounds horrible. That is a high risk yeah, activity. Totally, totally. Y your odds of. I feel like your odds of not getting hurt are way right. – that is I intense. Mean, even if you do it perfectly, that's still going to hurt landing yeah. on someone. Yeah, absolutely. It's jumping off of a like a five-foot rope, mm -hmm. like up off the ground. It's also like sub 300 pounds at the time, oh I believe, gosh. too. It's insane. For someone who's never even been in that, that ring has to have some give to it, right? There's a little bit of give. It's, bit of... it's like a – it's basically like a wood board underneath and then like two, like two inches of padding or something like that. It's not terrible – but it's definitely not probably what your average fan would think Like from the outside looking in. They probably think it's much I'm, more padded. I'm sure that two inches is really going to break his fall. My <laughs> How gosh. big is Brock Lesnar? What's he weigh? Uh, I think in that one he was like sub 300 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Even if he landed perfectly. I'd That's be like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Even seriously. if he did it perfectly executed. Yeah. I'd be like, that's it. He right. wins. <laughs> mm -hmm. I should have never gotten in this ring. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, seriously. I, I hope we never see a video of you doing that. I appreciate it. Yeah, and hurt. that's where... Like, I hope we do. <laughs> getting <Yeah>. hurt? <laughs> Maybe not getting hurt, yeah. but I would love to see Landing, you. Yeah. Uh, they do have some luxury in being able to dictate what moves they do, thankfully. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he was just in the, in the moment and you know knew he could do it and it's just a freak accident, you know? So you can choreograph... 
the whole match a lot of, uh, a lot of times yes for the most part i know wwe is much more particular in what is choreographed obviously with how big they are but a lot of the independent wrestling scenes the the wrestlers have much more independence over what moves they're doing and they and and sense so this is where it gets into the topic of fake and and choreographed like choreographed would be more of a, an appropriate t- term because of the fact mm-hmm. that they're deciding how the match is going to end or they're deciding specific moves but f- fake to me insinuates that the bumps are fake or the landings are fake yeah. all that is obviously very very much real the yeah. impact is real and everything like that so. it's a it's a show mm-hmm. i don't really see why there's this big like pe- i don't even understand why people compare it to like olympic wrestling yeah. it's not that's the it's totally the totally different things yeah. it's like cert de soleil mm-hmm. it's like is that fake no that's no, real yeah. they're really climbing yeah. up there i yeah. mean it's choreographed right but it's still real yeah. i just saw one of those shows too yeah it's amazing really which one did you yeah. see which one did you see uh oh the water one is it in vegas yeah um i don't it, it wasn't a water one and my girlfriend would get max i don't remember but it was for her birthday <laughs> uh but it, it was uh no i couldn't tell was you. it like it, a pirate one or it, it, yes it was kind of like a pirate type okay. thing yeah did you see the same one no I, I it was between the water one and the pirate one i know it's is really it called the pirate one no, <laughs> no it's not called the pirate one <laughs> i know it's really famous i know it's really well known for sure but they're all good yeah really. i yeah, really would amazing. love to see one I, I never have it's it seems it, incredible. it would be a lot better seen... than seeing black adam that's for darn <laughs> <laughs> yeah we talk about that guy mm-hmm. oh the rock there's a guy i mean if nothing else you could want to strive to emulate his whole career the yeah, guy has yeah, had absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. Amazing career. Yeah, he's he's phenomenal. Who do you yeah, think did just... it better, Arnold or him? Cuz they did it different. And what? I mean, how about life? It's like you they're they're different, mm-hmm. but they do have a lot of similarities. I mean, they're they both started in something other than acting, transitioned in, mm-hmm. made a huge it's yeah, it's interesting cuz they they have some similarities. I'd say the rock Probably. Yeah, I think I think it might yeah. depends. It might depend on how you equate or or calculate like success. Because being in two slightly different areas, like Rock started right before the social media era, but he's mm. he's started to boom in the social media era. Whereas Arnold, outside of politics, for the most part, has been kind of out of the the acting and and everything else, the bodybuilding and stuff. Whereas like now, a professional bodybuilder, say C Bum, for example, can get 13 million followers on Instagram just from winning, winning the Olympia like four times. And you know, Arnold, he did awesome. He looked right. so good. Yeah, what do you think? Of, can you pull up his page? His uh, his page, his picture, yeah. his winning pose. So I I think about guys like that, and I wonder like had his most muscular was incredible. Uh huh. I wonder if Arnold was in the same area era era what where he would be at. So, uh, t- like if he was Chris's age and did this with with uh, the oh, social media absolutely. being the way it is, yeah. Who would you say is your favorite, Mister Olympia? Who who would you say had the best physique? Best physique is yeah. um, open bodybuilding. Like, I I have to go to Ronnie Coleman just because of the. the That's what he won, right? Was open? Uh, uh, no, he won. He, cla- well, he won. He won classic. classic open. Yeah, classic open. Yeah. yeah. Ronnie Coleman because of the the ridiculous size, but also like the training that he did to obviously get there. That's something that I just like, obviously with the heavy training and stuff. That gets into a different conversation. <sighs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> oh, but man. Ronnie Coleman for sure. I just recently became friends with Flex Lewis, so I, I definitely love what he really? did. Yeah, oh he, sick man, you gotta I'd mm-hmm. hook me up with him. I'd love to have him on here. Yeah, That'd he's, be he's sick. so nice, so Is nice. He, a cool he, guy? he reminds me a lot of Goldberg, honestly, as far as like humbleness and humility and, and awesome. stuff like that. Very nice guy for That's sure. Cool. Yeah, you have to if you're in Vegas. Dragon's Lair is a great gym. I would definitely check. Is it? Out. Yeah. 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 No, I gotta make a trip up there. I I missed obviously just with everything going on. I missed. I I had plans to actually go this year. Oh, Mister okay. Rowe, I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Did you ever? I, oh, you ever see Mister Rowe? 
I, I'd never seen the show. I've been to the expo a few times. My suggestion actually coming back from it is buy a day pass every day to Dragon's Lair and just sit there and just let every single influencer come and funnel through there and then talk to whoever you want to talk to and network with. At really? The, yes. At the Olympia, you'll obviously see people just so scattered around. It's hard to really get people's attention, but every single popular bodybuilder, Instagram guy, TikTok guy, whatever, just funnels into Dragon's Lair. And, it, and it's it looks like it looks like an EOS at peak hours in a bodybuilding <laughs> gym, but filled with just like bodybuilders. Just the biggest people, yeah, men and it, women in the whole industry. It's yeah. phenomenal for networking. I, I scored a couple couple good opportunities myself over there. So like I definitely would, if going back, I would have just done that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of could just sit there and be like, just, all right, and yeah. what do you do? <laughs> Everybody walking in there. Yeah. That'd be a, that would get exhausting. Yeah, Because it, would, it sure. would be just like meeting interactions over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, if nothing else, it would be an incredible incredible networking opportunity to mm -hmm. go there no yeah. we need to make plans i think in the next uh, couple of years to head out that way mm -hmm. it'd be great to pick up just guests i agree yeah anybody just I think you'll get be your a, name out and meet stuff. a lot of great people yeah man mm -hmm. no you gotta you gotta let me know when you uh do you have any plans to maybe i don't know reach out to joe rogan or anything when you're out there or? that's maybe a goal i didn't talk about but that's also like one of my goals too is to get on that absolutely yeah so i've been talking about that for a long time so i'm yeah, hoping at too. one point that's that comes to fruition for sure but you know, as, as he talks about, he doesn't have anyone on there that he doesn't like. It doesn't matter how big your following is or whatever. So he's been talking about that a lot recently. Mm -hmm. Rogan has. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it keeps coming up, but people keep asking him like how he selects his mm -hmm. guests. And he's always saying he's like, yeah, I don't care about your social media. Mm -hmm. If I think you're doing something cool, I, I, right. I want to talk to you, which I think is awesome, honestly. And that's why I'm grateful mm -hmm. for people like like yourself or Mark Bell for giving somebody like me an opportunity to to just get a start in the bigger podcasting world you know yeah, it's, it's, i'm very very grateful thank you guys yeah of course bro well, it's our pleasure and thank it's you. it's this has been such a fun and rewarding endeavor i didn't think it would be this way i no. to s sincerely sit here i could tell you that if i transitioned 90% away from training mm -hmm. and just dove into this this to me is so much fun. Right. Just being able to talk and meet. I, I say this a couple of times. I know I probably say it too much. Every new guest that I have on mm -hmm. here, I get to learn something from. Wow. That's awesome. And you don't fully really. Rogan had talked about that before and I got it. It sort of clicked, but it didn't really click until we really started doing it. Mm -hmm. And now that we're kind of getting some traction and we're booking out, you yeah. know, we're getting some really good people that are actually coming here. That was the twofold rewarding experience for this is a figuring out, Oh, like, now people will actually come here. That's great. I didn't think I honestly, when we did this, I was like, damn, we better make this really sexy. Right. Cause yeah. I don't know if anybody's going to actually travel here to come on. Mm -hmm. And then realizing that each time someone new comes on, I get to have a conversation and I get to hear what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really a lot of what I learned from watching the JRE is how he is as a host it is really just to kind of play sort of the educated fool, kind of like yeah, a right. total yeah, yeah. open mind. Mm -hmm. And that's what he does so I think well. That's honestly, that's a great way to put it. Like educated, like because obviously very smart, successful guy. He knows what he's talking about, obviously, yeah. but he's also smart enough to understand that he's not educated and everything and that's something i try to preach too so in, in regards to this as much as you might learn from me i'm learning just as much from you go, yeah. going back and forth between you guys that's why i like the podcasting because it should be interactive in that sense and i i thought about that too when i was on mark bell's is like those guys have people coming in you know every day every other day just like these extremely successful people so that alone is just like it's just as good as reading a book or or better. listening to a podcast like yeah in my opinion better because i hate reading but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too yeah so 
I can only imagine all the things that they've picked up, you know, and, and it's, just, it's, yeah. it's incredible. I, I'm glad to be doing something similar and kind of scratching the surface a little bit. I hope to do something kind of similar to what you're doing once yeah. I've settled down in a, in a space. I mean, if, if you really think about it in Arizona, there's definitely obviously nothing like this anywhere, but in Arizona, there's not necessarily a main draw to where you think about Vegas, you got like dragon's lair that's a gym sure. everyone wants to check out like this is obviously your house but like there's there's demand for anyone to want to check this out <laughs> yeah you know? buddy so with that said too that goes into like farther goals of myself staying a few years in austin building myself up there and then having a legitimate like gym for myself that represents me for for arizona like on, on the west side you know so where tourists are coming in or whoever they they feel like they have like a dragon's lair to go to or or a mark bell's gym to go to like that yeah. type of thing because i feel like there's great gyms in arizona but there's not necessarily a singular face representing a gym and i would like to be one of the first to do so at some point in the future absolutely oh i think you'd be great for it thank you yeah and having a space that's your own is truly a one-of-a-kind experience as as yeah. you grow and once you start doing that you'll you'll, you'll figure it out once you start doing mm -hmm. this that when it's unilaterally controlled by the vision that you have, it's it's a blessing and a curse because obviously if it fails, well, who yeah. do you blame? <laughs> and when it succeeds, right, exactly. then who do, who gets to get take even just kind of the subliminal credit for that? Mm -hmm. You get to see the success grow around you and see your vision come, you know, full circle. There's very few things as rewarding as that. I'm sure. Yeah. And having like you said, I, you know, I don't see too many places doing stuff like this really anywhere. No. no. But having a location where you can have the face-to-face -face interaction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to your earlier point about reading, like for me, it's like, okay, would I rather read or would I rather reach out to the author of the book and have them come yeah, here and tell you. me yeah. about their yeah. book? I'd rather do that. Yeah, totally. Because for me, I, I learn so much more from face-to-face -face interaction. Mm -hmm. I digest so much more. You ask me to read a book, I can, I mean, I can do it, but it's not, it's definitely not my favorite format. Yeah. And I really loved what Mark and Ensema and Andrew had done out there. Mm -hmm. This was a reflection of our time when we went out there yeah i, I can tell yeah yeah we, we wanted to make the same kind of experiences for whoever it is for that author for, for the influencer they want i wanted someone to come here feel like they could talk about whatever it is they're doing and and then you'll you'll find as well if you do do this kind of a setup where you have both podcast and gym it will also help you a lot with collaboration for your gym itself right what we have found really beneficial is working with these big fitness equipment manufacturers mm -hmm. or CEOs or anything like that, where most of the time they have never even like been on a podcast. They uh -huh. don't have any idea. They're like, yeah, man, I just, I make the XPT yeah. rack. That's my thing. Like, I don't really, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, Hey, well, guess what? I mean, we would like to have that here. Uh -huh. Why don't you come out with your piece? Come and talk to me about it. Mm -hmm. We'll have a conversation. Then you can put it in the gym. That's awesome. I mean, that's going to, yeah. you'll see that that'll really, really help. And you've so much, you've already built so much of the back end on yeah. what you need to just do this you would have Thank a you. really easy time with the transition i appreciate it and and i that's why i'm confident in transitioning into the online coaching and stuff like that and i, I mean i you that's know gonna happen like, like that i get, that's I get so fast for you right, that's gonna get, be the easy part thank you i get asked quite frequently about the online coaching and programs and anything and now just really just committing to actually doing it and you know but I, that's why like again moving to austin forces me to commit to something like this because i won't have the in-person clientele to rely on at least not right away mm -hmm. and uh it, it's it's good it's good for me but even more importantly it's great for my friends because i'll find a way to integrate them into the business as well to where 
they can they can truly encompass the vision that I wanted for my house strong brand to begin with, which is to actually pave careers for the three best friends that I've had with me essentially my entire life. So like I talked about this the other day with them, like this, this business idea that I had where we want to take our clothing. And I'm like, if you guys want to make this your career, this is like a very, very easy, clear first step to where we can start doing that. Mm -hmm. Then everything else picks up and then we can start branching out more from there. But everyone was on board. So I'm actually very excited for this next chapter of, of house strong and myself and everything. So thank you for the opportunity to speak on it. Of course, yeah, bro. Man. Yeah. No, I'm excited for you. Thank and, you. And, and like I said, I, I think you're going to do good no matter where you go and no matter what you do. And that's why, again, the back end of everything you've done is so important because right. you can, you know, you, your brand is you and you can take that to Austin. You can take it mm -hmm. to Vegas. You can bring it here. You can do anything you want. That'll always follow you. Thank you. Yeah. And right. that's, that's awesome, bro. I'm really right. happy for you. I appreciate that a lot. I was, I was thinking to myself actually in regards to the podcast, it's, it's interesting. This just popped in my head. It's a completely random thought, but mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a compliment to the podcast setup here. I, I, I think that people almost don't think about this, but when you watch Mark Bell, you watch Joe Rogan, it's, it's almost like the setup is like its own version of the co-host to where uh -huh. like the setup <laughs> is like, is like part of it. You yeah. know, like if you see oh, yeah. Mark Bell setup, it's like just symbolic, like, Oh, this is Mark Bell's. Mm -hmm. Somebody's important and is about to be on here. And, th and then this, this now gives you guys that same, opportunity i think or it allows you to start getting that type of reputation you've had a handful of friends actually in the last few months between um midwest kong um, yeah. i met him at ct's I, andrew obviously uh rudy from self-made josh yeah i think i think it's great what you're doing obviously bringing big people in to help promote your brand but also giving people that are here local an opportunity mm -hmm. to help grow themselves as well. Yeah. That's one of the best ways, in my opinion, to give back is, is just give them an opportunity to speak. Cause most people starting out just don't have that opportunity no. or don't have the online credibility for people to buy it. But being on something like this yeah. with somebody with the credibility as, as you, uh, then makes their words more relevant, even though 100%. nothing changed, but you get what I'm saying. And you never, you never, ever, ever as the host or as any position of authority in this kind of a format, I never wanted to dictate who would be a guest purely based on how they were online or what they were doing. It's a factor. But again, for me, I just I relate so much to what the JRE, what their stance is on how it, just interesting people. It was there was an example I had. There's a there's another host in Arizona. He's got a podcast, and I just I remember at one time I think we were it was even before we were doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. We had some interaction online, and I just remember him. He said something to the effect of like, "Well, I don't really know anything about you, and I don't really I don't I don't I don't maybe I don't know anything about you." I'm like, "Oh well, I mean, you know, you can figure out about me in yeah. about 15 minutes. Yeah. I know a lot about you, right? Like, what's right. the and and I I just I remember what a sour taste that left in my mouth as a potential guest yeah and i just i just i just told myself in that moment i'm like you know what i don't ever want to do this to somebody if somebody because you will you'll realize when you start doing this that you will have people who ask to be on mm -hmm. that maybe it's not it's not in your best interest as an entity mm -hmm. to have them on mm -hmm. but i never i never wanted to come off as rude or arrogant or anything like that to yeah. that person and I always wanted to at least extend some kind of a, you know, yeah, let's let's maybe think about it. Let's let's uh -huh. you can come in, you can meet with me. We'll see. I want to hear about yeah. what you're doing, that kind of thing. Yeah. So so that's that's a big important thing, and and it's really you have to kind of be in the host position to realize that 
that possible problem. That's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it uh it happened to us a little quicker than I thought it would. I, I didn't ever honestly in the beginning I was like cuz I didn't again I didn't know if anybody would even come on. I'm like, well, uh-huh. if anybody wants to come on, I'll have anybody on. Yeah. But yeah. uh as you start to fill up, you just yeah, you kind of have to just be a little bit more selective. I found by the way <laughs> again my <laughs> I'm just attracted to people doing weird things. Okay. I have to show you this. Can I come into the other mirror one more time? There is a there is a girl and she's local. She is a it's the most interesting thing I think I've seen on social media truly uh-huh. in in years. Let me see if I can find her page. What does she do? She is a medieval weapons specialist. Like she like creates she like welds it with stuff? swords. Wow. I'm serious. <laughs> I, I, and she I saw her page. She here she is. Yes. You have to see this this person's page. <laughs> I saw this and I reached out to her immediately. I was like, hey, you don't know who I am, but we need to get to know one another right now. You are doing some of the coolest stuff. Look at this. Look at this girl's page. So she and she's doing really good. Interesting. She, wow. <laughs> but see, see, for me, someone like this, this is so incredibly entertaining to me. Like I have I have no knowledge as to what this is this like a specific facility for this? Dude, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? It is. Where is it? It's uh this place. More How do you say that? Mord oh. Mordu Mordu Historical Combat? Wow. This is in Arizona. I'm surprised I haven't heard about this. I dude, I'd never heard about this until today. Yeah. Look at the stuff she's doing. Where's the one of her fighting this dude? <laughs> they literally they they, they they like they like that's her practicing. That's her practicing. She does like fencing with I don't. I haven't seen this. Oh, it's a it's a photo op. But this is just a, again. This is a perfect example of somebody who, you know, yeah. Maybe you, look at. I'm sorry. I just I haven't seen all of this, and this is just incredible to me. Yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so so cool. And now, with having this, gives me the mm-hmm. opportunity to reach out to someone like this who you know maybe she's about the gym maybe she's not yeah but that doesn't matter no i can get her in here and i can learn from her i have so many questions about what she's doing yeah where are you doing it why are you doing it how did you get into this like all of that stuff can come out in a podcast it's really really fun yeah to do this yeah and and, yeah man you gotta do it you gotta do it and then you gotta have me on i gotta come out there and uh yeah i love come out to austin obviously you guys prefer in person would you ever do somebody like that's like elsewhere we've had a lot of big nine big name people uh, gunner uh seedman they, they've all asked i don't want to mm. i don't want to do it and it's not it's not at all like a pride thing like i i don't want them to think like i'm like not nah, it's beneath my platform or mm. anything like that for one to me again the face-to-face thing i just i absorb so much more from what the mm. person is telling me the content is clearly superior. I mean, having yeah. in as as you know when you watch our channel, the visuals are quite a thing. Yeah. It's all very, very, very visual with mm-hmm. what we do here. Having someone in person is just a far superior experience. Yeah. It's why that it's why Joe Rogan doesn't do any remote stuff. Yeah. It's like if you want to go on his show, travel to Austin. Yeah, totally. And if you put, and this is another last little bit of information that I would convey to you mm-hmm. if you do decide to go for this, mm-hmm. if you decide to do this just go all out get get the vision for what you want it to look like how you want it to sound the equipment you want to use and you can reach out man i can I'll, I'll tell you anything you want to know about Thank this you. stuff i knew nothing about this when i first started mm-hmm. doing it but have everything that you want in your budget and your vision ready to go before you go because 
what I found is that because that is how we did this, mm -hmm. the response from the community is much, much higher yeah. than just, you know, microphone table, one camera. Mm -hmm. Maybe they come, yeah. maybe they don't, but most likely you're going to be stuck in that remote phase. I see. Reaching out. I just finally, for the first time, I got in touch with uh, Chris Duffin from uh -huh. Kabuki. Oh, wow. It's the first time he's ever responded, but he was like, you know, because I sent him like a, our little spiel with some videos and stuff. And he was like, okay, this interests me. Like, do you only do in person? I was like, yes, here's where it's at and everything. And he's like, okay, it's in Phoenix. All right, well, let me kind of, let me get back to you. But yeah, I, I'd like to do it. Wow. This is the the result you'll get if you do take this just all the way on the first go. And Makes it's the sense. way I wish I would have done a lot of other things. A lot of ventures like with the gym, most of that stuff has gone mm -hmm. through a ton of different mm -hmm. iterations and transformations instead of just going kind of in the beginning, just go Makes for sense. it. So I would, that's what I would advise the last little piece. About how much do you, well, I guess, not this, but the equipment alone, how much did that turn out to be? Um, for <laughs> excluding the sauna pool and, Oh no, are you talking uh, just, yeah, just, I'm sorry. Just like podcast equipment oh, like what we got going on here. It's probably for this, for the, what's in this room. Probably about, probably about 40, probably about that. Wow. Somewhere around gotcha. there. It's, there's a lot of stuff you don't really factor in. And yeah, again, I'm I sure. mean, he's seven. So, <laughs> so right there, you don't need, uh -huh. you don't need him Yeah. for us. I, <laughs> right. <laughs> when I did it, I looked at what I loved, loved, uh -huh. loved about what I keep bringing this up, but what the JRE does, you know, with that, that werewolf yeah. that they all pose in front yeah. of, I was yeah. like, we need something like that mm -hmm. for our place. Makes sense. And that immediately stood out to me. Yeah. So that's what we did here. Mm -hmm. You could slice and dice that into about half. And I managed to cut back a little bit on that cost because again, I built everything in here this was like a youtube college mm. three to four month process Damn. to learn because yeah. this was totally foreign to me i i know nothing i still kind of don't i know mm. more than i did but i this is not my world yeah totally sound and editing and he taught himself the editing process for nice. final awesome. cut pro and how to manage the black magic soundboard and all everything and and yeah. you did you watch andrew's podcast i did yeah he was great he coming yeah. in here because he because this is him yeah this is like his whole world he and him are like the same type yeah. of thing yeah and he was just you know he loved it he was enamored by it but he was saying he's like yeah i just uh i can appreciate what's going on mm -hmm. in here because i've done it right on my end right and it is it's it's a lot of work i'm sure yeah as totally. much as it is an investment of money it's mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. and it's you're gonna want um just like with online training you're going to want to bring in someone with you, if not a co-host, mm -hmm. then certainly an operator. Yeah. Yeah. In order to do it. Totally. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking about too. We, we did get a few microphones and whatnot, but now after being here, there's definitely things that could be added to, like you said, just have something very, very solid from the get go mm -hmm. to where like it's appealing to anyone just because of the setup and pick, pick your space very selectively. Find a place. Don't, don't do it how we did it in there. Mm -hmm. That was a nightmare. Yeah, you do no. not want to have a, a, a mobile podcast setup. Uh -huh. You want to have a room, even like a tiny little, if you have a guest room in your apartment or something mm -hmm. like that, have a space that you can build around and keep at least for an extended period of time while you're in Austin. If you're in Austin for two years, great. Yeah. You can build your, you can build your podcast in under two years mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. But do it in a spot that you can actually manage permanently. Okay. And one thing I'd also uh, recommend this Black Magic. Obviously, this uh -huh. is a, a lot bigger because we have multiple cameras. But if right. it's just one guest and you, you don't have me, you don't have like the TV and everything, get the mini version of oh, this. Okay. And that way, mm -hmm. uh, whoever is sitting in this seat, uh -huh. they will be able to edit 
pretty oh, much live and right. then once okay. like once this episode is done like the raw footage and everything will be done within a few hours mm-hmm. to basically upload and then i'll chop it up into multiple clips but this just makes it really easy to basically edit in real time and okay. you can do way more podcasts by yeah. having this yeah accessible to gotcha you. thank you i appreciate that that's yeah. very good yeah it's um i think the mini range is right around 800 i think okay. if i'm correct mm-hmm. maybe you could pull that up the cost of the black magic mini but while it is a mm-hmm. larger startup cost there's there's two ways to do this and i, I we touched on this on andrews mm-hmm. you can do the editing live or you can pay the editing to happen post-op mm-hmm. so if you pay someone to do your editing after you do the episode you're going to pay more per episode wow. i mean a cheap editor is like 150 bucks an episode that's cheap yeah you will want to take that money and while it's more startup cost up front you're going to want to purchase something like that so that you can do your live edits and you'll still have some stuff on the back end i mean eli what is your your process when you have the edited format video because that basically takes all the cameras syncs them based on who he's pointing it at okay. and does it all together on an on a card uh-huh. then afterwards he you add our logo you eliminate background noise yeah so it's actually even simpler than that and to answer your question about the the mini black mini mm-hmm. um that's going to range anywhere from like 200 to 500 depending okay. on the so seller What's a the big bit one? over the, the big ones that, that, that one that one's close to around 1200 okay. uh, 800 to 1200 <laughs> so it. i mean if you look if you could see my screen right now right now i'm basically editing you, you, oh, you won't oh. be able to I, I, <laughs> it's the screen right here um how, how i edit is i uh, i have obs which is okay. basically a streaming um free service that you put on a macbook or a windows but um that's going to be filming all the cameras and the audio everything like that it's going to be recording i have the logo permanently on 24 hmm. 7 so nice. it's basically i don't have to add anything okay uh once i'm done i'll end it uh remux it make it into an mp4 upload it to final cut pro take the um, sd card out of the soundboard plug it in upload it to final cut mm-hmm. crop the edges and then like with this episode there was like a few minutes in between mm-hmm. that i'm going to crop out right um not every episode has that some are pretty good all the way through and then it's just crop crop I mean, how much the... how much time would you say per episode you have to spend <laughs> well it depends on how so uh with brandon copeland that we just finished that one that one took probably like five or six hours but i also yeah. made 15 videos mm. from that podcast and that's it was a, the it was other a, thing it's a lot you like will have and everything yes yeah. you will we had to open a second instagram for the for, for just the it's podcast right, yeah you will have a never ending option of content to mirror what you're already doing and what you're already doing is great but now you will have a revenue of just new content that you can choose to put on your main page or keep on the podcast page but regardless you can now start realistically posting twice a day i see without even breaking a sweat yeah you'll yeah. just have that new stream of content so it's really awesome. really good yeah it was very good yeah and having a second account is why it's just because you don't want your audience to dislike i mean obviously they're not going to dislike it but if it's just over flooding yeah, with yeah. all of the video content when they want to see you working on mm-hmm. everything you don't want to basically cut your audience saturate yeah exactly yeah. you don't want to oversaturate it makes yeah. sense totally sick man well where can people find you if they want to see your page if yeah. they want to follow you if they want online coaching where do they go yeah so obviously you guys pulled up my instagram jhouse182 that leads into the website jimmyhouse.com that's going to have the online coaching options as well as programming and whatnot that should launch here in a few months in the meantime we do sell merchandise we have our youtube that's recently being revamped so we're posting a lot of free great information informational content on there 
right here we have a nice sky view of <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> I, I got it. Is it you? Or it's, okay. It, no, it, it went to – sorry about that. There, oh, no, yeah, here's funny. Jimmy's Instagram. Yeah, no problem. Um, other than that, those are the those are the main ones. I do have a few sponsors, including Field Supplements, Discount Cone being How Strong in all caps, uh, SeatGeek being How Strong, Vivo Barefoot being How Strong, and then Rare Breed Life being J House 10. For clothing and whatnot so if you want to look any of those up but that's basically it nice bro thank you guys very Outstanding. much yeah, yeah man awesome. our pleasure thank you guys so much sweet we'll cut it there